Our first reading today is from Exodus 3, 1 to 15, Moses and the burning bush. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of a fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, hmm, I'll go over and see that strange sight. Why does the bush not burn up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place that you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face, because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites and Jezubites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way that the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that is I that have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose that I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of our fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me what your name is. What shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the God, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name that you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. This next one's a bit shorter, um, and it's Exodus 4. Um, 1 to 6. So this is signs for Moses. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Moses, Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. 
So Moses reached, reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into the staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. I should leave the scriptures from there. Father God, we just uh, we thank you for the calling of Moses as we spend some time thinking about what is a calling and what you have called each of us to do. Father, help us to have open hearts and minds. Help us to be sensitive to your voice, perhaps today and in the weeks ahead, Lord. Open our eyes, open our hearts to what you are calling us to do today. Amen. Okay, so this is the third series. I don't know how many there are. I want to see how far I can stretch these until we all fall asleep, I suppose. Um, This is the third sermon in the series of work-related sermons that I've been delivering and will be delivering over the next few months. Sermon one was about how God was prepared to get his hands dirty, so to speak, when he created the universe, and you and me. And we looked at Genesis 1 to help us appreciate this. The second sermon was called, What Work Has God Given Each of Us to Do? And we looked at how we are all part of God's economy. And I used the Apostle Paul's analogy of the body found in 1 Corinthians 12 to do this. And how we all have an important role to play in bringing God's kingdom into reality. I also encouraged us to appreciate and value the work that we are current, each of us are currently undertaking. And to appreciate and value the work that others are doing around us. How is that getting along? Are we blessing and thanking those who serve us each day? God has placed them in that place. Are we grateful for the work that those people do in serving us? We are called to model Jesus' kingdom values in our everyday lives. And blessing others and being thankful for their service is one way we can do that. During today's sermon, I want to focus on calling and to encourage us to be open to what God our Father is saying to each of us um, today. The Lord has already given us work to um, to be done, and he may be giving us work to start doing. Now, this isn't a sermon just for a couple of special people at Christ Church, but for each and every one of us. I believe the Bible tells us that God has work for each of us to do. And I believe that we all have a calling to participate in that bringing of his kingdom come. Now, to help us do that, I'm looking at Moses. Now, you and I may be a bit grateful about this. You and I are not Moses, and neither do we have his calling. But I think there are helpful principles that can help us discover how God works with us when he comes to calling us into specific work and how we can respond to that calling. So what is a calling? It's a really tricky one, this is. What am I called to do? You know, that person may be called, but what about me? I'm not sure I have a calling. Most people think, unless you're a vicar, 
that no one else has as a calling. Actually, that's not true. In a broad sense, a calling is how God created us, you and me, to worship him, serve him, honour him, and give glory to him in everything that we do. That is one of our callings. We are called to focus on him, our heavenly father, and to worship him and serve him. In in essence, we focus upon God, our father, first, then we serve others secondly, and finally we focus upon ourselves. This is one of God's kingdom values. However, a calling can also be personal, a personal summons, as it were. It can be unique, and often it is unique to us, to you. It is ascending to do something, to be God's ambassador in his world. I don't know, have some of you had a sense of a calling? If you haven't, let's, let's discuss a little bit more about that. It's about being open. So in a broad sense, we worship him. And we work with him. But then we're given a personal one. Say, Dean, or Helen, if Helen's at home at the moment, or Steve, or every single one of us, actually, I'd like you to do this. That's what God says. Only you can do that. I'd like you, those young people there in the row in front of me, the Lord may be calling you. So actually, I'd like you to do this. In helping me, God, To bring my kingdom come. So what was Moses calling? Well, God said to him, so, go now. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God asked Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. He was... Yeah, that was Moses' calling. To be called is to be sent. Moses was sent to Pharaoh. Now, what about you and me? We may be sent to Luton. Actually, some of you, Luton is one of those funny places, actually. A lot of people are sent. It's a very transitory town. A lot of people flow into and out of Luton. I'm not even talking about the airport. There aren't that many people in Luton that have four generations of people having lived in Luton. Actually, looking back, I do feel like I've been sent to Luton. And it doesn't make sense to start with. You kind of like process this as you're in your calling. But actually, I think there's a lot of people here who have been sent to Luton. And the Lord may be calling you to do something specific in Luton as well. Some people are sent to bring up a family, maybe to adopt children. You may be sent into your workplace, your office, your factory, a warehouse, school, or hospital. I don't know, do some of you think, in hindsight, you've been sent there, that the Lord's hand was on you? 
You may not have had a clear calling like Moses, a burning bush experience. I think some people do have those kind of equivalents, maybe not a burning bush. A more something that's quite specific. And perhaps arresting, it made me stop in my tracks. I can't, that, that did not happen to me. But it may have happened to some of you. We are called to worship him, to serve him, to honour him, and give glory to him, our Heavenly Father, in everything that we do. So where did Moses get the skills and, and the abilities to live out his calling? Where did that come from? Well, he went to Moses' school, or I should say Pharaoh's school perhaps, God's provision, and he learned on the job. Moses had a life before his calling. Did you know that? Well, you know a little bit about him. If you go into, if you look at Exodus. But if you read between the lines and we kind of think sort of bigger, actually, what was Moses doing in all, that, in all those times when he'd been rescued out of, that, uh, out of the water, when he was drawn out? And Pharaoh's daughter, I think it was the daughter, effectively kind of saved him. And she adopted him. Being brought up within Pharaoh's household, Moses enjoyed an education in Egyptian government and politics and constitutional law and nation building. He then spent 40 years in the wilderness learning to be a shepherd and to, take, to lead and to take care of sheep. And he probably didn't really appreciate that at the time. But when you think about it, Pharaoh, Moses' school, taking care of sheep for 40 years, that sounds like a pretty good relevant education and training to, 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 for him to live up to his calling. Let's not dismiss our histories and our past experiences, both the good and the difficult. Nothing is wasted with God. God has been working with Moses. Well, we worked with Moses for the last 80 years. When Moses said, who am I that I should go? Moses had forgotten or was unaware of the knowledge and the skills that he had already acquired. Now you and I are children of God. That is who we are, and our Heavenly Father has been busy working in all of our lives, whether we recognize this or not. Sometimes we feel that we have nothing to bring to God, and that God can't possibly use us. We are wrong. Exodus 4, verses 2 to 5 is an interesting couple of verses. The Lord said to him, Moses, what is that in your hand? And Moses replied, a staff. Throw it down. Throw it down. And then Moses threw it to the ground and it became a snake. It all gets very complicated. It became a snake and he ran from it. And the Lord said, reach out your hand and take it by its tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of it. 
and it turned back into a staff. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe. What is in your hand? What are the skills, your experiences, your connections, your resources and time that you have within your possession? And how may God be calling you to use those differently? Are you putting those resources to good use? You know, our calling often comes out of those things. Moses was a shepherd of sheep. And he was called to shepherd God's people. Forty years of being a shepherd. Most of that must have been really quite boring. But the Lord used that to build a nation. Now sometimes I often wonder how on earth I became a teacher. There were some really spurious reasons. But how, how did that happen? There was no obvious link thinking back on it, but I did study at level business at college. I did work in finance and accounts in a local hospital in Worcestershire in my late teens and early 20s. I was heavily involved in local politics and campaigning, so I was used to talking. And in my mid-20s, I left my job and enrolled onto a full-time politics degree at university. God placed a number of people around me who were trainee teachers at the time. So one thing led to another. Bear in mind that I didn't know Jesus at this time. But it was only when I actually came to Luton and started teaching that I understood that teaching was my actual calling. And that did not happen the first day I went to Luton Sixth Form College. It actually took a couple of years. I mean, it all seemed to kind of make sense and fit in. So in essence, I discovered my calling whilst doing the job. And I think that may be true of many people here in Christchurch also. Again, look at the skills and experiences that you already have. God is almost certainly already getting you to use these in bringing his kingdom come. Now, secondly, Moses could not live out his calling. So, secondly, Moses could live out his calling because he totally relied upon the Lord, not his own strength. Arguably, this is the most significant reason why Moses ended up doing what he did. Now, there's a beautiful conversation between Moses and the Lord God many years after Moses has stepped into his calling. And this is Exodus 33. If you've got the notes, you'll see them later on. This is a conversation between God and Moses following a tragedy. The Israelites had just created and worshipped a golden calf. And the Lord said that he wasn't able to journey with them anymore because he might destroy them. My goodness, I can't go with you, Christchurch, because you're so naughty and sinful and disobedient. I may destroy you. That's the, that's the, Dean, I can't come near you anymore. 
That was, what a horrible thing. My goodness, does anyone want to have that? The Lord say that to you. That'd be tough. But no, Moses kind of has none of that. Verse 12, he said, I'm just going to read out a couple of scriptures. Moses said to the Lord, See, you, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me, let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor in me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Then the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses turns around and says, If your presence does not go with us, do not send me up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. There are so many principles in this passage. I'm just going to pick a couple of them to go through with you. So verse 13, teach me your ways. This is Moses saying to God, teach me your ways so I may know and continue to find favor with you. How well do you know God and his ways? Moses knew that if he was going to get things right, if he was going to find favor in God, then he needed to get to know God more. Teach me your ways is not a one-off event. It is a lifetime pursuit. How committed are we as disciples of Jesus at being open to him, teaching us his ways? You know, I personally need Jesus' help in enabling me to do the job he has given me to do at sixth form. I also need his help to do the work that I am currently doing here at Christchurch. When was the last time you asked God to help you in the work that you do? How's that going? How's your work going at the moment? Have you asked the Lord to help you? Too many Christians try to work in their own strength. That's not a winning formula. You know, I think we've all got testimonies of that, quite frankly. Moses knew that he needed God's help to lead and build the Israelites into a nation. We need God's help to do our work also. More Moses spent a significant amount of time with the Lord, alone. So let us spend time with the Lord alone also. There is no other way than through regular habits of reading our Bibles and praying through what we have read. There are no shortcuts here. 
Yeah, this is quite a good example. It's a nice. I didn't know it was going to be like this. Every day with Jesus, and you can collect one of these on the way out. I don't know. The Lord may speak to you through this. The format is they give you a little bit of. In fact, when I first became a Christian, I did actually use some of these. My friends recommended them, and I found them very helpful. There's some scripture, and then they give you a little bit of questions, things to ponder. And there's a prayer. Perhaps we could have some testimonies. What has the Lord been saying to me? To you. We've got to find time for the Lord. In John 15, Jesus says, abide in me. That's what he says. He says, he's the root, we are the branches. Abide in him. And then there's this really frightening verse that comes after it. You can do nothing without me. Nothing. Abide with me. I'm saying life will be easy. Abide with him. We'll be on track. We're receiving his help. We're stepping where he wants to lead us. If we step out of that, he's saying we can't do nothing. In essence, he's talking about fruit as well. That whole passage about John 15 is about bearing fruit. There are no shortcuts. Verse 13 says, remember, this is Moses again to God, remember, this nation is your people. Moses is being quite blunt with the father here. Moses reminds God that the Israelites are not merely his, Moses' people, but in a higher sense, they are God's people. God has given Moses a job to do, to lead and shape the Israelites into a nation. But ultimately, the response ultimately the Israelites were God's covenant people. Psalm 24 reminds us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, everything, the world and all who live in it. It is his. Like Moses, we need to remember that God is God. He is sovereign. He is the almighty. He has given us work to do and we need to do it the best of our abilities and in obedience to him. Any successes or failures, in one sense, belong to him. That's kind of what Moses is saying. Verse 15. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Now I love this verse. Uh, Moses is not about going ahead of God or getting God to bless the activities and plans that Moses has come up with by himself. No. This is Moses telling God, if you are not coming with us, then I don't want to go any further. I have prayed that scripture in many times at Luton Sixth Form College. One is an early teacher and reads me frequently as setting up the Christian Union. Now, at the time, I didn't feel particularly equipped or skilled enough to do that job. And I knew I needed the Lord's help. 
I basically prayed that if God didn't turn up to those meetings and help me plan them, then I wasn't going to turn up either. I'll do some marking instead. That's a pretty blunt prayer. I like the, um, the message version. See, the, I, the mes- I love the message version of the Bible because it's quite blunt like that. But sometimes I think we need to, we're not being disrespectful to the Lord. We're saying, if you've given me this calling, if you want me to do that, I need you to turn up. You know, I need to step into where you already are. And he did turn up pretty much each week. And serving the Christian Union became one of the highlights of my week at Luton Sixth Form College. Are we trying to get God to bless our own plans and our ideas, or are we being led by him? Sometimes we're trying to push doors. And if I push a bit harder, then clearly God will open that But it doesn't quite work like that. That door may be shut for a reason. And if if the Lord's not in it, then really we shouldn't want that door to be open. Because that's when things go wrong. Again, it comes back to spending time with God in prayer and listening to what he has to say. Verse 16, what else will distinguish me, this is Moses, and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? Now at the beginning of the sermon I said that you you and I are called to worship God, serve him, honour him, and give glory to him in everything that we do. It is this which will distinguish us from all other people on the face of the earth. Our lives are to point to Jesus. How we live out our lives is an expression of our love for him and his love for us. Jesus says that we are his disciples and that we are the light of the world, a city on a hill. We reflect the light that comes from him, Jesus. The more we get to know him, the brighter we shine and the more likely We are to help draw people to himself. Finally, verse 17, God tells Moses that I know you by name. And God knows each one of us also by name. As a famous 1980s pop group said, he is our personal savior. God doesn't have favorites. He has work for each of us to do. And our job is to discover or recognize what that work is and do it in a way that brings glory to him. Amen. Let's just pause a moment and let's just invite the Lord into this space. You might want to close your eyes. Let's just wait on the Lord. We pray, come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.
like that Samuel calling in yeah, 1 Samuel. He's, Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Father, we pray that. Pray that for yourself. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Father, I pray that you would help each one of us to be able to hear your voice and the calling you've placed on each of our hearts. We pray, Father, that we would be open to your voice for that calling. Help us to hear you clearly. May you open our eyes that we may see you, maybe in the work that we're already doing. Help us to see that work in the context of your kingdom. And Lord, if you're calling us to another place or another piece of work, Lord, we pray that you would, again, make your will known to us. Father, we find things like this really hard. Often we kind of grapple with it. Is the Lord really saying this? Father, help us in our walk with you to listen and to be led by you. in the weeks ahead help us to walk with you help us to know your ways more help us to read your word more and to hear your voice through through our reading and our praying And Lord, I thank you for each one of us here in the building and at home. Thank you, Lord, that we are, each of us, precious to you. That you know each of us by name. And that you've got work for us, each one of us, to do. Amen.